Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. We just finished recording our interview with Keziah Gibbons, which you are about to listen to. And we're so excited for you to hear this chat. We had so much fun with Keziah. She is a... Uh, tarot teacher, Reiki master, and also a practitioner of neurolinguistic programming. She has a super great course on Insight Timer, which is the primary thing that we talk about with her um, in this episode. And it's a tarot class unlike others uh, that so we've good. seen. It's so good, Esther. Oh, just still fangirling. Like, I like know. I'm all tingly after like speaking with her for like an hour. Cause she's been <laughs> in my earballs for like three weeks now. I know. I and then know. now I'll talk to her. And I then, know. Ah, she's I just, just so cool. So and cool. her class is really awesome. And we talk a lot about it and we talk a lot about how much we love her. Um, so get ready for it. It's, it's <laughs> a very, very loving episode we got going it's, on. Like we, we <laughs> pathetically fangirled for like 45 minutes and six seconds. And the rest of the content is like actual, actual like, meat and potatoes. No, I don't think we totally <laughs> kept it together, Esther. What are you talking about? It was totally great. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> we hope you enjoy this episode and make sure to check out the show notes for all the different ways that you can reach out to Keziah and keep this going with her. Uh, she's awesome. She's a really great person to support. Um, and yeah, enjoy. Yeah, totally. You're going to love it. You're going to don't fall asleep. That's my warning. Like pull over, get your nice and cozy and listen to this episode. I do feel like we need to reiterate that the sleepiness is because of her beautiful, lovely voice, not yes. because she's boring. Boring. She's very exactly. interesting. Like, like the calmness at juxtaposition to like us, our, us <laughs> is striking. <laughs> I sub- yeah. Maybe we just yell too much. Maybe that should be maybe? feedback. We accept from ourselves. <laughs> anyway, no, it's in my warehouse. It's done. It's gone. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy the episode. And we, we love, love you. you. to chat with you about your amazing, amazing audio programming, basically all of the classes that you have available out there in the world. Thank you. It's, I'm really excited to be on the podcast. I, uh, I listen every week, so it's really nice to actually be on here. Thank you for inviting me on. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course. I didn't realize you were a listener. That's so fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and embarrassing. For some reason, when people tell me that they listen to the podcast, I always get a little like, ah. <laughs> just a I tiny cringe. Well, and I feel a little bit embarrassed just because your audio is amazing. And like, we keep having like audio problems, like leading up to this week. So it's just kind of like, oh, yes. Thank you for loving us little lowly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm a bit starstruck, actually, because it's that thing, isn't it? You know, I know your voices really well because mm-hmm. I listen to you, but um you know, this is the first time we've spoken. And I right. have that sometimes with people who listen to me as well, you know, they'll yeah. be very familiar with my voice. So they might fall asleep to it. And mm-hmm. and then we have a conversation and it's something different. 
<laughs> Your totally. voice is very soothing. And that is one of the more delightful. I mean, in addition to the content for the class that, so basically we, you sent us the audio files for your insight timer tarot course. And so we've been listening to those over the last few weeks and just like completely falling in love with your voice and your teaching style, how cool and dynamic this class is, how unique it is and how like the structure even feels so kind of like thoughtful and innovative. And so finally getting to have you on the phone or whatever virtual phone is really cool. <laughs> yes. It really is super cool. Yeah. So I think just like right off the bat, the, I think the thing that people would notice first about your insight timer class, which we will link in the show notes, of course, dear listeners. And we have a couple of fun announcements about that, that we'll get to sort of closer to the end of the episode. But uh, the cool thing about it is that it's a really unique organizational structure. Like you are not just going through the major arcana and then the minor arcana. It's really designed to be meditative and thoughtful. And presumably you already had the structure in place when you went to Insight Timer or they approached you about having it be sort of this meditative class rather than like a more structured traditional class. But I would love to hear more about how you made the decisions about what order to place these lessons. Yeah. Okay. So it took, um, it actually took me five years to create the course and I wow. didn't know, I didn't always know it was going to be on Insight Timer. I knew I wanted to do an online tarot course. Um, and some of the reasoning behind the structure and some of the content, well, firstly, I really wanted it to be accessible to beginners. So I wanted someone yeah. with no tarot experience to be able to just come in, listen and learn experientially I tried to have something to do in every lesson as well mm -hmm. and and also I wanted to um, help people who are already more experienced practitioners to use the tarot in other ways so I'm an accredited trainer of NLP neuro-linguistic programming and I also deliver psychologically informed environments training in organizations and so um, some of the course is, I've, I describe it sometimes as being a coaching course in disguise because um, <laughs> some of the exercises are from NLP, from um, psychology from the last sort of 50, 60 years and, and use tarot as kind of a unique way to approach that. So that's how it got structured. I noticed that a lot in episode 18 where you talk about the Queen of Pentacles, the exercise that you have in the Queen of Pentacles lesson is like very intensive and you start off by saying this might not be something that you're ready for now <laughs> yeah and yeah. I love that because I do feel like sometimes when people get involved with tarot a lot of the messaging sort of amongst the tarot community is how you're you shouldn't get so bogged down in like the love and light mentality of using tarot or the divinatory way of using tarot and the exercise that you put together with the queen of pentacles which is sort of about like that healing, nurturing environment is it, like basically involves assigning a tarot card to every single life event, whether it's major or minor, <laughs> and then looking for patterns within the cards, which is a really intensive exercise. Mm -hmm. And it is later in the sequence, it's day 18. So it isn't like the first thing you're doing, but you're definitely not shying away from encouraging that pretty deep diving stuff. But right. still, it's like such a 
because you're offering the out and saying, maybe just listen to this and then try this later or try this under the supervision of a therapist, even it's just kind of like allowing people to both go at their own pace, but also push themselves where needed. Yeah. And it's something, the feedback I've had from that one is that not only is it quite a deep dive, you know, especially if you go into your whole life experience, because you can, you can take that exercise and apply it to one area like your health or your love life or whatever area of your life. But if you're going to go into your whole life, um, there's a lot there. Whoever you are, there's going to be a lot there. And the other feedback I had is that it's time consuming because, you know, I've got people on there who are in their 60s and say, do you really want me to sit down and write everything out? <laughs> and and so, um, yeah, it is important, I think, to have to be able to offer this and also to say, you know, you don't have to do it sequentially. It has been structured yeah. and planned in a certain order, but always work with what works for you and I do that in all my courses you know work with what works for you and if it doesn't work for you find something that does yeah Yeah. I've taken a lot of tarot courses like whether they're beginning courses or like fine-tuning certain areas and by far this is my favorite because of the freedom you give the listener to either sit with a particular day for, you know, a month at a time, you you know, you give them the freedom to kind of, Oh, let me just say, let me, I wrote this down. There's no (laughs) pressure to keep certain cards and opinions. You're just noticing, reflecting and organically accepting. Like that's to me, the takeaway of this course, it's a very approachable course for beginners, but it's still challenging for those of us who have definitions already in our hearts and that, are automatic to us when we draw cards to challenge us to kind of either rethink them in different contexts. Like the court cards episode is very much like, you know, considering court cards in their context and how they apply. And like, you, like one thing you said about like the Knights or they have a mission to complete. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that is so perfect. Like just as a summary for the Knights and, you know, and ha- what the energy they embody. And so like, I'm learning things from this course and considering them and then being like, yeah, this totally fits with how I see the cards and can, you know, feel the cards within me. Or there's other things that's like, okay, this works for Kaziah, but I can totally see where it doesn't work for me. But you know what, that's how tarot is. And you give the listener that freedom. And I think that's the best thing about this course, personally. Well, it's interesting you say that that's how tarot is, because you're absolutely right. You know, we can we can have set meanings or we can have meanings that we use habitually if we've been working with the tarot for a long time. But actually, when you're reading a really good and I've heard you guys do this when you draw cards on the show, um, you know, when you're a really good reader, you're not going to go necessarily to the set meaning. You're going to look at the context. So mm. I think the um, the important difference there is between like structure and content. So the tarot mm-hmm. is amazing for having a structure. You know, we have the different suits, the major and minor arcanas, we have the the, the numbers and the court card um, personalities and whatever deck you have that will um, transfer across in some way. And so there's a wonderful structure there. And because you have that structure, it gives you freedom to, um, to really get into your own content. And, and as you say, Esther, that's how tarot is. Yeah. I think that like the idea that people often have when they first start reading tarot is like really just trying to get 
the basics down perfectly. But mm-hmm. I think that having the structure, so I guess we could talk a little bit about the structure of the course. I'd like to hear more about it anyway, but also like I noticed that lesson six is when there's an introduction to the major arcana, like before mm-hmm. lesson six. So that's almost a week into the lesson. You're talking about what intuition is, what tarot can do, like all these sorts of building blocks while still wrapping in archetypes to each of those topics. So for people who are familiar with tarot, like we are, who are pretty confident tarot readers, you're still getting something out of it because it's not just sort of like rote explanation of your feelings about the cards. And it's cool to see how you link certain things like the three of wands episode. I was, I would not have associated the three of wands with the same things that you were for the framework of like introducing tarot more generally, but it works so well. And it kind of helps with that getting out of my own established framework. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that kind of the entire first week of the course sort of does that where it's not about card meanings, really. It's about all of this other stuff. And there's all of these really cool, helpful hints that are sort of tips, I guess, that are sort of coming through that first week that help me. Like, I think the metaphor that you make about intuition more generally and lesson three, where you said building a relationship with your intuition is like building a relationship with the warehouse manager. So it's sort of making this distinction mentally between an office manager and a warehouse manager. And the office manager is sort of like the front of house stuff. And the warehouse manager is more of the back of house stuff that you're not as aware of the goings on in the warehouse, but developing that relationship with the warehouse manager is where your intuition gets stronger. And I just really love that metaphor so much. And I would really like to hear you talk a little bit more about it as maybe like a little insight into what the episode is like, but I also had never (laughs) heard that metaphor before. So it's just so cool. Yeah, so my understanding of intuition and how it works, and um, I actually have an intuition course on on Insight Timer as well, uh, which is where I started to really explore these concepts, is that it is very much about the warehouse is your unconscious mind, and then the, the office is your conscious mind. So what you have is the warehouse receiving all this different information and and you know that's received from um that's received from your environment so we receive i don't know the exact number it's something like 200 billion pieces of information per second it's ridiculous oh and of course when we were exhausted yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> we, 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 we can't cope with that much information, can we, all at once? It, it, so a lot of it has to be filtered out before it even gets to our, our conscious minds. And, and so it goes into the unconscious. And some of it is kind of stored there at the back of the warehouse. You know, it's never going to be used again. Some of it is processed into something else. So we in the warehouses where we start to learn patterns, you know, or when this happens, that tends to happen afterwards and that might be an association that we don't make consciously but we make unconsciously mm-hmm. and then um some of the information that we receive in any moment of course isn't just from external influences for example our senses uh, you know any any guides that we have with us but also from internally we have our our memories all of our previous life experience our understanding of how the world works and we also have the um, the structure 
of the of our unconscious, which is the structure of the warehouse, which is about the sort of collective unconscious. So, you know, lessons we've learned as a species, lessons that we have from our culture. So, so all of this comes together in the warehouse and then our conscious mind's just there in the office. And, you know, something might come up from the warehouse and, and the conscious mind, the office manager might say, what, you know, what is this? I don't know what this is. I don't know why you've sent it to me. It's rubbish and ignore it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if we learn to understand that actually everything that happens in the, in the warehouse has a purpose, um, sometimes it can be an outdated purpose, but that's a different conversation. But if we learn <laughs> to trust what the, what the warehouse manager sends, then, then we, we can get really strong intuition. This is a little bit of a off track moment, but I've been listening to Oprah Winfrey's new book. <laughs> um, and it is called what happened to you. And it's co-written by a, a neuroscientist who specializes in childhood trauma. And they kind of talk a lot about that in there as well. So it's like kind of the idea that like some of the reactive stuff that happens with us comes from this area where we're not even really sure where or why it happened. And by the time it gets to the conscious mind, you're like, where did this even come from? And so like figuring out ways to deprogram that is a really crucial part of like healing from any sort of big T trauma or little T trauma that we may have gone through in our entire lives. And it, I think that that aligns really nicely for me, visualizing sort of this warehouse idea where you're totally right. Sometimes something will end up on your desk, like metaphorical desk. And you'll be like, mm-hmm. where did this come from? Why am I suddenly like crying in a target parking lot? Like what <laughs> happened? Here? And it's because something got sent to the office. Something got sent to your desk by the warehouse and you're just sitting there like, now I have to deal with this thing that I'm not really sure where it come from, where it came from or why it's here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more that you can get in touch with your intuition, the more you can sort of like rationalize why it might be on your plate or why it might be on your desk. And then you can find a better way to handle it than just being kind of like shocked. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes the, the better way to handle it might not happen consciously as well. So, you know, you can, you can always send a message to the warehouse that says, you know, I know there's a reason for this, but the, the impact isn't useful for me. So yeah. could you possibly find another way to fulfill this positive intention? And, and you know, then we'll all be happy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I just love that that happens in the first week of the course. So it's something Mm -hmm. that like, we're digging into ways to because you do open so many doors through regular tarot practice that you may not be totally prepared to handle. So talking about intuition and ways to handle that sort of information and feedback is so helpful in that first week to just kind of like, be able to, I guess, sidestep some of the more difficult stuff, (laughs) if you need to. Yeah, and and as you say, you know, there are doors opened when you when you work with tarot. Um, I think it's important to say though, like I know people who um, won't touch tarot because of what it what it might bring up, and you know that's that's entirely up to them. But it is important to um, be clear that. I don't know if there will be any listeners to this who are not familiar with tarot because this is a tarot <laughs> podcast. But, um, you know, for people who are not familiar with tarot, for the, they need to understand that, like, those things are there anyway. Those energies yeah. are there anyway. And mm-hmm. the tarot is just showing them to you. Um, Absolutely. So that's what's so empowering about it as well. 
Well, and we've talked about this on the podcast a lot where like there are a lot of ways that you can and there are a lot of readers who actively avoid going into deep stuff. But oh, yeah. the most the most I guess straightforward way to do it is also something that you touched on a little bit in several of your episodes, which is question asking in a way that becomes like leading to the answers you're looking for. So rather than I think that in one of the episodes that I was listening to yesterday, you're talking about how um, saying like, what do I need to know is useful, but you can also narrow that down and kind of avoid the stuff that might feel a little bit too, like too much almost. And we do that on the podcast all the time. It's one of the reasons why we always try to end on an action item just so that it doesn't feel quite like, okay, well now what? Like you can always mm-hmm. framework questions to be a little bit more, I guess, like, active or reflective based on how you're asking them yeah definitely and I think the outcome like knowing what your outcome is having your outcome in mind is is really important because you can come to the tarot and just be like okay I'm going to draw some cards see what happens and that is one way of doing it Um, but if there is something specific that you want and you might not necessarily know what that is it's worth taking the time to think about what that is mm-hmm. and then taking that to the cards rather than just being open to whatever comes I mean I've done both ways obviously and I imagine you will have done as well but um having an outcome where you need a specific outcome knowing what the outcome is is really important yeah mm-hmm. and I do I mean all of us have probably had experiences where somebody says I'd love a reading I don't know what I want to know about And then you find that like a majority of the helpfulness sometimes feels like it comes from discussing what the possible questions are with the querent, like, or the client or the friend or the sibling or whoever is asking you for a reading with a little bit more like amorphous of a goal. Sometimes asking people to think about what their goals are for what they'd like to hear about or whatever is part of the reading, even though the reading hasn't technically started yet. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and also when it's a, a general reading, um, in my experience, whatever is on this person's mind will come up in the general reading and the general yeah. reading will tend to be about that. And, and that's one of the things that happens a lot. The other is that if there's a really specific question, sometimes the cards will just ask the question back to you <laughs> it can be frustrating you know there's no answers but here is your question <laughs> right yeah <laughs> you can agree that this is your question right and then the person's like yes I know this is my question <laughs> for sure it happens with us too in the creation process like Holly touched on like there was really no like from you know the full all the way to you know whatever king card we end up you know there's no like progression that's in any sort of distinct order how did you kind of develop the course and like did you have like themes in place and you just kind of inserted cards through your own sort of journey that you wanted to take the listener through or was there something going on otherwise in the background for you to kind of come in and out with different cards in each episode out of order Yeah, so, I mean, firstly, there's 30 sessions and there are 78 cards, Mm -hmm. so some of the cards just aren't in the title of the session at all, although, of course, we cover Mm -hmm. them all. Um, And so the structure of the course was there first. It came from a live workshop that I used to do, 
I haven't done any live workshops for a while, certainly for the last year or so. Right. Um, but it, that's where the structure came from. And then as I put it into the 30-day format, which is what Insight Timer um, was sticking to at, at that time, yeah. then, you know, 30 sort of different themes for the lessons became apparent. And then it was just really clear to me which cards belonged to which lesson so I think we do start with the fool and end with the world but that's the only progression um, numerically or sequentially that that's kind of in which card is is chosen for each lesson yeah yeah and the fool is such a good place to start anyway because of all of the symbolism of that so that makes a lot of sense to sort of start and end but I also just really think that it's cool like there's a lot that comes through about who you are through like which kind of or to me this is probably projection so you can completely tell me I'm way off base if you disagree but <laughs> like I do find it interesting that like for example the four kings are primarily focused on all together like they mm-hmm. are linked together in one episode but then some cards like the nine of pentacles even if there are other cards incorporated into that lesson it still is a card that sort of gets to stand on its own and I think that that's kind of like you, uh, you have other meditations and other courses about some like sort of more like woman experience oriented meditations. And that sort of felt exemplified in that decision. Cause a lot of the times people will have Kings stand alone or they'll make a decision that all of the court cards need to be linked with the other court cards of their level. But there are some Queens that get to be on their own. And then all the Kings are just, kind of hanging out together and (laughs) it's cool to sort of like you get I feel like that's the other way that people sort of get to know you as a teacher is seeing how these decisions got made and Mm -hmm. what gets yeah that's interesting I think you may have something from my warehouse there it's not something (laughs) I was aware of (laughs) you're like do I hate the kings I enjoy the focus of the Kings being on like standing in your power in the self-empowerment aspect of the Kings, because Mm -hmm. sometimes we just so tackle them individually. It's kind of overwhelming and kind of like, this. there's sometimes a misogynistic bent to sorts of like King feelings, like, you know, authoritarianism, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But with you tackling them all together, you just kind of got it out of the way. (laughs) That was nice. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it is important. And, you know, nowadays we see this more, but you don't have to go back very far in in tarot courses and books, et cetera, to find, you know, that the, like the King is somehow placed above the Queen. And Mm -hmm. I see them as being on the same level um, and, and, so, uh, yeah, I'm not sure I could be comfortable with like placing one above the other. Um, certainly, live you know we do live in a misogynistic world, so I wouldn't want to continue that by placing the kings above the queens. So I yeah. like having them on the same level. They're the same level of maturity. They just have different experience and yeah. focuses, I guess. Like, so cool. yeah, it's really interesting because I do think that that's a, a pitfall. That is that the is it a pitfall or a pratfall? I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I, I don't have that in my <laughs> no vocabulary idea. right now. I do think that that's kind of like a, a thing that people accidentally fall into where even no matter how aware of gender issues someone can be, for some reason, those court cards still just get to be where people like 
fall right back into the idea that there's this like linear progression of like almost value or capability that involves Mm -hmm. the page, which is so like in Toth, just full blown a princess. So it's often a more feminine card than people would consider the knight. that there's like this, like immature girl to super advanced, strong man pathway that everyone has to go on. And that somehow the really strong man King card is more capable and more valuable than the queen card that's like directly next to it. Yeah. And there are some decks that are more and more like sort of switching that up and even like just completely swapping the queen and king in the order um, for the guidebook and for interpretation reasons. But it still is just something that people can accidentally fall into. So I'm I'm always happy to see the kings a little bit less like (laughs) emphasized. (laughs) But maybe we both have the same warehouse issues. We got lots of warehouse issues in this episode. Okay. When okay. do we not? When do we not? <laughs> it's true. It's very true. <laughs> uh, when you're writing episodes, is you said this was like a course workshop that you had in live session beforehand. When you were kind of transforming it into like audio meditative format, which FYI, anybody who listens to this and you're just a little bit sleepy, your voice <laughs> just like lulls you into a sense of like warmth and comfort peaceful. i mean it's just so peaceful i really it, it makes is. the hard topics really feel way more doable because you're like not stressed about You've it you've lulled <laughs> us into a false sense of security and <laughs> we're now your servants forever um <laughs> but like in switching it from like a live workshop which i'm sure it probably lasted a few hours like as a session or multiple sessions what like not only was the difficulty of changing like it into like a you know a 10 15 minute audio format but were there any cards that you had a difficult time kind of like more difficult time than others like the full would be i think sort of easy like for your first episode because like of the archetype the full embodies and it'd be kind mm-hmm. of like okay well here's our opening and here's the full and you know you go through beautifully of the full episode but were there other cards that kind of came up and were more I don't want to say like problematic, but was it more difficult to fit certain, yeah, tricky, you know, cards to put into an audio thematic episode, I guess? Not really. I mean, what I I kind of did it the other way around. So the workshop was the structure of the content, what is taught in each lesson. And then I just wanted an appropriate card for each lesson. So I would write the the main part of each lesson and then come back to it and decide which card fitted into that rather than trying to choose a card and then and then fit the lesson around that and and you know I did have to add some things in and take some things out but um the the cards seemed to come in my memory anyway in my belief they came quite intuitively and easily I don't know maybe it was really hard at the time (laughs) Your warehouse block that or something? Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Yeah, it's in a box in the corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one can. Add, no one knows what's in there. We're not going <laughs> to. How? So, how long were you teaching the class in person before transitioning it to an online format? Um, well, I suppose it it kind of overlapped. So, as I say, it took five years to get online, and during that time, I taught the the workshop a few times. Sometimes it would be like half a day. Um, three hours is half a day for me. That's that's plenty. Um, sometimes okay. it would be a day, so you know, more like six hours, six or seven hours. Um, wow. And I, I'd also taught it in 
I sometimes go into organizations who do employee engagement. So I've actually taken this workshop into um, businesses as well oh. as, as something that helps with employee engagement for them. Um, and, and that was really fun as well. So they kind of overlapped. I was, I was creating the online, had several iterations. At one point, it was going to be a, a video course, um, at, at, but eventually it just fell into line and the, the right things happened at the right time for it to come onto Insight Timer. Yeah, the Insight Timer thing. And that's actually when you uh, initially emailed us to kind of let us know that this existed, it had not even occurred to me that there would be tarot content on Insight Timer. I know. And I was it, it, like you saying, oh, I have this course on Insight Timer and us looking into it. I realized that Insight Timer is an incredible educational resource that I think that like, I don't want it to sound like we're an Insight Timer ad, but I was really sh- like, sh- like kind of shocked at how many cool things are there. Mm-hmm. And also the added benefit of being on Insight Timer is that you're able to use, like, I think there's one uh, lesson right at the beginning where you talk about how the structure for setting up your tarot reading is the same thing that you would be doing. Like the performance of tarot reading is the same thing as the performance of meditation. And yeah. because you're on a meditation app, you, it feels almost like you're able to jump into those comparisons and it doesn't have to be quite so like, here's what some people do for tarot reading. Here's what other people do for tarot reading. You can assume that the people who found you there already know how to center themselves in some way, already know how to create space in some way. And so you're able to kind of like go into more depth with cards and more depth with these like, you know, neurolinguistic connections and stuff, because those sorts of basics maybe are already assumed of the, of the student. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes and no. Um, I mean, we have new people coming on to Insight Timer all the time. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, someone might sign up today and it's their first experience with it. Um, but but also we do have lots of experienced meditators. Actually, one of the reasons, though, that I point people to you, because in the classroom I have like a list of recommended resources, okay. is because you do readings and you talk them through in the mm-hmm. podcast. And, and like one of the main things that students want is to to hear or to or to see. But in, in this case, to hear um, how how tarot readings are done. Yeah, mm-hmm. because, the, you know, they practice for themselves. Um, some of them will want to go on and practice reading for others. But they also, you know, it's helpful to have examples of how this is how it's done. And, and the more examples, the better, I think. Yeah, I mm-hmm. totally agree with you. I think it's interesting because some listeners really listen just for deck reviews and some listeners really listen just for the readings. So we can't ever stop doing either. Of we them. can't stop doing both. <laughs> <laughs> can't we, we try to think of like other ways to like to mix it up or whatever but it's just not it's just not possible yeah exactly <laughs> and because I do and I think like I think listening to other people reading or one of my friends sent me a vintage book from I think like the early 70s that you know how they have like those chess books where they recount chess matches so that you can see what moves these chess masters will make next it's kind of like that but with tarot reading mm-hmm. and it's just a thin book but it walks through all of these readings like one after the other just like 150 pages of people being walked through readings and i was looking through it and i was like gosh imagine only having like so few resources to get to experience other people's readings like mm-hmm. 
you could go get a reading for yourself. Or if you were being trained by a tarot teacher, you could hear the way that they do it. But otherwise you'd have to find a literal book. And now in, you know, 2021 or even just, you know, 2010, there's like stuff online. Like you can get so much more access to how other people are like doing readings just out in the world. And I think that that's one of the things that really sets this course apart is that it is that it is that. Mm -hmm. And it's also all of these really important thematic things that are coming through as well. It's not just card definitions or not just like how to read. It feels way more dynamic and interesting. And the more ways that people can hear people talk about tarot, the better. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's important in certainly, you know, in a course, you Mm -hmm. need to have, people need to experience input. So to see or to hear it, Um, people need to get a chance to practice. People need to get a chance to think about how they're going to apply this. Uh, All of these things need to happen. So if you only have sort of one of those, then it's it's just less full, which is why I've I've really gone for being experiential in the in the sessions. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's one thing I think that sets this apart. Like we've reviewed books before that have tarot exercises in there and things like that, but this is, I think, like a leveled up, challenging, like course as far as exercises go. Like there's, it's just so plentiful like every episode pretty much either has at least one if not like two to five you know tarot (laughs) exercises for you to interact personally with the card and not necessarily interact with the definition of the card which I think is where a lot of tarot courses sort of establish like okay and this is the queen of swords and this is the definition for the queen of swords and if if the queen of swords appears in business this is exactly what it means or things like that there's a like genuine organic structure to these lessons that allow you as the reader to bloom and not the hierophant on high to bloom, if that makes any sense. Like <laughs> it, it shifts that not, Oh, I don't want to say that sense of power, but it's very self-empowering to take this lesson, even as a person who has been reading tarot for a few years, Yeah, you know, it's still very empowering. Like you said, you've intentionally structured certain like, um, guidance things in here to kind of empower people, but it's also just a really good course and I adore it. So (laughs) (laughs) sometimes Esther and I fall into this thing where we just want to tell the people we're talking to for the podcast, how much we love them. Yeah, we do. (laughs) We're like fangirls and we're just like taking this whole like hourly experience to fangirl over you and your, your things. So oh, well, it's 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 mutual. As as I say, I I do listen to the the podcast every week. And this morning, I, I as I, my daughter was going to school, I said to her, "I'm going to be on the Wildly Tarot podcast today." And she's like, "What well, is that? That one you always listen to?" Oh, so, I yeah. love it. <laughs> I got into my mother's car after taking her prescription into the. Uh, into the pharmacy and she was listening to my podcast and I was like is that me (laughs) (laughs) yeah I thought we could listen to your podcast on the drive home and I was like okay (laughs) so weird okay mom (laughs) but anyway I mean I as in as you know like it's anyone who's producing content people are going to be consuming it and we have to be okay with that because that's 
why we're doing it, right? It's like in we my warehouse. Yeah. Y'all didn't know this. It's like in the <laughs> deepest dark corner of my warehouse that people listen to this. I just put it out and then ignore it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, behind a curtain or something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there's always that shame, I, that, that like toxic way that we get raised to not be loud about our pride about things we've accomplished. That's true. So we're yeah. always working through those things. <laughs> yeah. Especially Esther. Yeah. Well, and it's that thing, isn't it? You know, that the, it's an old and, and wise saying that you should treat yourself as you would treat your best friend. And of course, yeah. you'd tell your best friend to be proud of, of what they're doing. Um, but we don't do that for ourselves. And, and so it's, it's useful to be able to, um, to learn to do that. Maybe it's a lifelong learning. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I love your, your podcast as well. <laughs> I love it. thank you so much well then we feel less bad about just gushing and I, so the other thing is that there are you do have some spotify playlists of i guess probably it's separate content completely right but similar themes but just shortened versions for both tarot and some reiki stuff that you do as well as some other meditations yeah so there's the um I think it's four or five, I should know, but there's a very small number of tracks on the Tarot Meditations album. And they actually originated in the course. They're extended versions of, of meditations that are in the course. And they're just there for people who would like to um, get the meditations without having to do the course, basically, yeah. and, and just to, to meditate. And then the Reiki precepts meditations uh, when I was studying to become a Reiki master, I worked a lot with the Reiki precepts, which are a, um, sort of the philosophical side of, of Reiki. And okay. so the way that I process things is to turn them into meditation. So that became okay. a meditation album. I um, love it. And I do think that the meditation, so the course is obviously very, very, very good. But I also super love the Spotify meditations because they just jump right into actual like thoughtful meditation and it's such an easy sort of you know six minute thing to do just to kind of get a little bit more centered and a little bit more in yourself when you're about to start reading tarot mm -hmm. and that for dear listeners that would be a really great way to sort of introduce yourself to the vibe that we're going for with the course <laughs> before <laughs> yeah. deciding if you want to do the whole course. Although I really do think that the course is valuable for readers of all levels. Like if I were brand new to tarot, I think that I would have really valued some of the lessons that are just sort of like imbued throughout the entire course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's feedback that I've found really um, satisfying. Like when I recorded the course, it, I think there's 10 hours, five hours, my maths is going, but a lot of audio content in there. And so, you know, that involved going to a studio, doing the recording, obviously writing it first, then recording, then editing, and then releasing it. And I had no idea how this was going to go down. You know, like it, it could right. it could have been awful. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, we can't um, objectively assess our own creations until we get some feedback I think so one of the really satisfying things has been that um, people have been able to come into the course as as complete beginners and come out of it feeling really confident about reading tarot and and um, maybe you know maybe even taking it to reading for friends and family or looking at how they can take it further um, and, then, and then that 
sort of experienced readers have have enjoyed it as well that's that has been very very satisfying and unexpected you know I, I it wasn't expected um it so yeah in the experience of creating this course I won't tell anyone if you don't but what was your favorite <laughs> episode to come out of this process what was like what's one that like you lesson really enjoyed? Esther, lesson lesson <laughs> sorry Card lesson. We keep saying episode, and I'm like, nope, that's Sorry. not what they're called. Well, because I'm just so I'm so used to an episode format. I'm like, episode I know. 17. The yeah, episodes are how our brains work. But... I'm so sorry. So, so day 17. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, for what day is kind of your favorite to kind of either look back on or or remembering to write? What was sort of like the one that sort of gets some fondness from you more than others? Oh, do I have to just choose one? Um, uh, you can three. Like, maybe your top three. I'll give you three. It's okay. <laughs> okay, so I really like um, day 18, which we talked about earlier with the sort of life pattern um, mm -hmm. practice. Um, and that is part of, I sometimes, um, as, as a healer, I'll, I'll use that as part of something which I call life pattern realignment. And then once we've got the life pattern, we, we do some Reiki drum journeying with that pattern. Um, so I really like that. Um, the manifesting, I think it's day five, where we actually do mm -hmm. some sort of goal, goal setting and manifesting with the tarot. I enjoy um, it's the things that I use on myself, I guess, which actually is most of them or all of them. But um <laughs> I'm blathering now. The, okay. so, no, yeah. <laughs> the pattern recognition thing I think is so important because we do, I feel like that is such a crucial part of the manifestation component. Like it's so good to have both throughout the lessons because it's really easy to feel like, wow, I'm not like manifesting things in the way that I want to. And manifestation is something that I think a lot of people have very vague understandings of, but not yes. as many people have very strong understandings of it. <laughs> so having those two paired, and obviously they're a couple of weeks apart in the lessons or two weeks apart, I suppose, but including then the pattern recognition and breakdown in the manifestation sort of like idea is so helpful because that's often I have found the thing that prevents the manifestation is mm -hmm. that you are experiencing these patterns that you're not even aware of. And if you look at your list of life events and you see all of these aces and like no tens, it's like you start new, which I know would be my problem. I haven't even done this exercise, but I 100% guarantee <laughs> It's like, I, I'm honestly, I, I have joked about this with Esther before. It's shocking. We've been doing this for almost three years because that is not in my pattern. My pattern is never to do something for three. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, it's like when you can recognize those patterns, then the manifestation gets stronger. So doing both kind of helps. And then followed by your very final episode where you sort of bring back the questions that you asked the student to think about for the first, I just said episode two, for the first lesson, uh, it kind of brings that back at the very end where you're thinking about all of the different tools that you've built up over the previous 30 lessons. Yeah, I think it is important to stop and assess sort of where we're at. There's no point setting a goal if we if we never know when we've met it. So, yeah. um, so that that is kind of important 
to reflect at the end of, of any process. And, and the course is definitely a process. And, and the thing about the patterns is that one of the reasons I like um, that day 18 is that, you know, often there's so much sort of rhetoric or narratives around, you know, once you know your patterns, you can break them, you can change them. And with this exercise, it's not so much about um, changing patterns as about learning to use those patterns mm -hmm. towards mm -hmm. how you would like your life to be. So if there's a, a card which recurs, it's not necessarily saying, oh, I don't want that card to be around anymore. It's about, you know, where are the positive aspects of this card? Where are the resources in this card? Where are the strengths of this card? And how can I really use them to my best advantage? Yeah. 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 That's a really nice way to look at it. You're totally right. Yeah, totally. So aside from day 18 and day five, what was another favorite episode? Because <laughs> we didn't quite finish that discussion. Yeah, Esther's like, I'm not letting you off the hook. We need no. one more. <laughs> Tell me now. That's what I want to know. <laughs> um, I can't say I enjoy them all. Um, I okay. think there's one in the court cards where we, no, it's not in the court cards. It's in the suits where we use language different kinds of language around different suits. Mm -hmm. And that comes from my work in NLP where we, we have um, the representational systems. So, you know, how do we represent experience to ourselves? Is it in, um, is it visually, is it, is it um, auditory, is it kinesthetically? And so that, um, I took that and applied that to the suits and looked at the language we use and which language belongs mm. to which suit. And I just found that really fun. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, I think that people doing the course do as well. So I'm, I'm going to trust the ones who say that they do. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, we have to accept the, accept the compliments that we receive, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I think that we are kind of wrapping up, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So we have been given the incredible gift. <laughs> it's like a uh, blessing. Yeah. Says above. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Kazaya has agreed to uh, offer our the audio for this course to our Patreon supporters, but because of contracting reasons, you will have had to support the uh, Patreon for $40 worth of Patreon support. Yes. yes. <laughs> so for $15 a month, people, that's after three months, you will have access to this audio, um, which we will likely send a, we'll still have to work out the details. So Patreons, keep an eye on your email about what the plan is for that. Um, but if you're too impatient to wait or you're not a Patreon supporter, or you just want to sort of start doing this, it's super available on the ins what insight, insight timer plus, insight timer. uh, which does have a free trial period. Um, and then it's, I think pretty reasonable after that, especially yeah. compared to other tarot courses that you can sign up to take. Um, so for our Patreons, we've been given this beautiful gift and, keep an eye on your email about that. But otherwise I, I personally really, really, and I know that Esther does too, really, really encourage you guys all to check out this course because yes. it is super cool, really, really beautiful and useful. 
Um, and also we're all best friends now. So (laughs) I think, um, via insight timer, they will get access to you as the teacher and other community benefits from my understanding. Can you explain a little bit more for people who are wondering what, what the difference would be from just getting the audio from us via joining the class via insight timer? Yeah. So if they subscribe to insight timer, they get access to, it's like 400 courses. I think there are several new ones coming out every week. So that includes my tarot, intuition, Reiki, habit reprogramming courses, and, you know, hundreds of other courses from other teachers. Um, It's something I really like because um, it's something that I use in my own practice as well. I really like that I work with Insight Timer because it gets me that benefit of being able to listen to all the other courses on there as well. Yeah. Awesome. And also, of course, if you are accessing this information either via Patreon or Insight Timer, we would love to hear from you uh, about how you're enjoying it also. So feel yeah. free to email us and we can pass along praise. <laughs> yes, yes. And for our listeners, there will be, um, as always, links in the show notes to everything that Kaziah has to offer. We're just going to give all the links possible to everything. So you can definitely check her out at yes. Insight Timer, her website, Spotify, etc. And thank you so much, Kaziah, for being here with us. This was su- super, super fun. And it's always it so such much. a pleasure to meet people who we share so much interest with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. That was our show. Next week, we are talking about Soul Cards. Woo, the yeah. edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But more largely, all of the Soul Cards by Christine Friedem with art by Kokorina so fun uh and also don't forget to send us your questions you can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com and also as always tell your friends about us and review us it helps us grow and gives us great algorithm magic whatever yeah so which whatever we apparently is. have to care about because <laughs> our entire lives are run by robots now it's true it's true uh it's fine we're not we're not bitter about it at all no. okay you can also follow us on instagram at wildly tarot podcast or join our facebook community by searching for wildly tarot podcast on facebook and we also have a discord community that you can join by clicking the links in the show notes as well as a red bubble shop where you can get like totally legit tarot certifications yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> We love you. Go forth and tear wildly. Have a great week. We love you so much. <laughs>